0: Hi, and welcome to Travel Tales, a podcast from Afar Media. I'm your host, Deputy Editor Aislinn Green. I don't know about you, but I am finally beginning to dip my toes back into the travel waters. For example, I recently took my first flight in nearly two years, which took me to Alaska. Getting back out in the world, it really just makes me want to travel more. So, lucky for us, the creative folks I've worked with over the past seven years, comedians, philosophers, novelists they feel the same way. So each week on Travel Tales, we'll hear from one of our favorite contributors about a trip that changed their life. Ready? Let's go. Now let's listen to a story from wildlife photographer Amy Vitale. Amy is super passionate about animals and nature. Ever since she photographed a story about the world's last white rhinos in Kenya, she has devoted much of her work to covering our natural world. She's photographed gorillas in Rwanda for afar, and made a film about the Rattetti Elephant Sanctuary in Kenya. She's even donned a panda suit to photograph a book called Panda Love, The Secret Lives of Pandas, which is about panda conservation efforts in China. So when she was offered the opportunity to travel to Kenya to document a rare giraffe rescue, she of course said yes. Here's what happened next.
1: For the last decade, I've been seeking out incredible stories about people who sometimes against all odds have come together to protect wildlife and the natural world. One of these stories is a daring giraffe rescue, a Rothschild's giraffe rescue to be specific. The Rothschild's giraffes are one of the most endangered subspecies of giraffes. There are only about 800 of them in Kenya and less than 3,000 left in the world Their population has declined by well over 50% in less than 30 years. And scientists are calling it a silent extinction. They're amazing, inquisitive creatures, and quite intelligent. But we still don't know a whole lot about them. About a decade ago, conservationists moved eight of these giraffes to a remote peninsula far away from humanity. Things were going well until the changing climate began to impact the landscape. In the Rift Valley of Kenya, they began experiencing massive flooding. Vast, sweeping plains were swallowed up by Lake Baringo. This lake grew 40 to 50 feet. Eventually, that peninsula became completely cut off from the rest of the valley, and those giraffes were marooned on that newly formed island. As the flooding continued, one giraffe named Asiwa became separated from the rest of the giraffes, who moved to higher ground. She was stranded on the lower part of the island and trying to survive alongside crocodiles hippos, warthogs, and deadly poisonous snakes. Asiwa was in the most danger, but all eight of these giraffes were at risk. There were many ways they could die, starvation, predation, or being totally flooded out. But the question was, how do you move 18 foot tall creatures off a rapidly sinking island? Well, you have to float them on a custom-built barge. A giraffe. Several organizations, Save Giraffes Now, RUCO Conservancy, the Northern Rangelands Trust, and the Kenya Wildlife Service came together for this ambitious rescue plan they would move these giraffes to mainland Kenya to a 44,000-acre partially fenced-in conservancy. The long-term goal? Repopulate the whole Western Rift Valley, the giraffe's historical home. The day of the rescue. The team got up early, while it was still dark. There were about 15 to 20 of us there, They had decided to begin with Asiwa since she was in the most danger. The Kenya Wildlife Service vet went out to dart her by himself. Nobody was allowed to go out with him because he wanted to make it as quiet as possible. I felt this intensity and energy simmering underneath the stillness. It's not easy to move a giraffe And this kind of rescue had never been done before. The stakes were high. If it failed, chances were that they would never rescue the other giraffes. After the dart went in, Asiwa's first reaction was to run. The island is covered in these thick acacias, and while Asiwa could move easily through this terrain with her long legs, it wasn't so easy for us humans to follow her. Hookthorn acacia have long, vicious thorns that hook right into your skin, and they are extremely painful. The acacias have another name, wait-a-bit bush, because if you get caught by one, you have to slowly unhook yourself. The team raced into the marshlands, hands flailing, urging her to stay on the island. When the anesthesia started to surge through her body, she fell in a difficult place, close to the water, wedged next to a tree. It was critical that when Asiwa fell, that the vet was there to immediately inject the reversal drug. If he didn't, she would die. When giraffes go down, they can choke on their own saliva or their brains can be damaged by the changes in blood pressure. My heart was racing. Catching Asiwa was just one tiny piece of a very complex operation. I had spent enough time with these creatures to literally fall in love with them. There's an intellectual piece of this story, but also an emotional element to it too. Giraffes have an incredible emotional intelligence, and you too can't help but be emotionally involved. I had spent the last two weeks with these giraffes to make sure that they were comfortable with me and the drone. I had to think about how I would film and photograph in a way that would not impact these animals. As the move unfolded, my head was juggling a lot of different tasks. I needed to decide when to take photographs with my cameras and when to make videos. I also had to calculate the safest time to use the drone. I had about 40 pounds of equipment on my back and had to anticipate where I needed to be to get the most compelling images and, above all, never get in anyone's way. The team did everything they could to make this move comfortable for Asiwa once they had her safely secured. They put socks in her ears to muffle any sounds and a blindfold over her head to calm her. They gently guided her towards the giraffe with ropes. She relaxed and walked right on without any struggle but this was the part of the operation that made me the most anxious. Can you imagine if she got scared in the middle of the lake? On a raft? Would she jump into that lake? That was my worst fear. A little red speedboat slowly pulled the giraffe across the lake for a little over a mile. It looked like a mini Noah's Ark. I flew the drone overhead to get images of the journey over the water, and it was such a strange sight. A giraffe on a raft in the middle of the water, far from land, and then she made it. The raft landed successfully. There was a crowd on the other side, waiting with excitement. The team was trying to be quiet, so it didn't create any extra anxiety for Asiwa they quickly took off her blindfold. It all had to happen at the same time as letting down the door so she could be freed immediately without any restraints. The moment Asiwa was safely off in terra firma, there was a collective sigh and then so much cheering. Mike, who had lived on that tiny island with the giraffes for a year, had tears streaming down his face. I went back to the conservancy the next morning to get some last aerial images and footage. I didn't want to get too close and scare her. I caught a glimpse of her from very high above. And that was the moment. I felt like I could finally relax. After Asiwa's rescue, all the other giraffes were safely moved off the island and onto the conservancy in May. And they're all doing great now. I think the takeaway message is that stories like this can become our wake-up call. We are on this planet together, and this too is our shared life raft. These critters that inhabit the Earth are our fellow travelers and our only friends in this cold, dark universe. Our future happiness depends on them too. We need to give them a chance to succeed. And then we can save our shared little life raft, our shared little giraffe.
0: That was Amy Vitali. These days, Amy lives in Montana, but spends much of her time in Kenya. In fact, she's heading there again soon. Recently, she founded Vital Impacts, a nonprofit that uses storytelling to support communities that protect wildlife and critical ecosystems. And each fall, she participates in the Prince for Nature event, which raises funds for the nonprofit Conservation International. You can learn more and explore her work at amyvitale.com. Ready for more travel stories? Visit us online at afar.com slash traveltales. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at afarmedia. If you enjoyed today's adventure, we hope you'll come back next week for more great stories. Subscribing makes this easy. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And please be sure to rate and review us. It helps other travelers find the show. This has been Travel Tales, a production of Afar Media and Boom Integrated. Our podcast is produced by Aislinn Green, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. Post-production was by John Marshall Media staff Jen Grossman and Clint Rhodes. Music composition by Alan Koresha. And a special thanks to Laura Redman, Irene Wang, Angela Johnston, and Nina Gainsler-Debs. I'm Aislinn Green, your semi-impatient, travel-ready host. I can't wait to hit the road again and again. As we begin to explore the world once more, remember that travel begins the moment we walk out our front door. Everyone has a travel tale. What's yours?